Well, they're not scared of you. They're scared of what you represent to them. Amen. Oh, we represent to them, man, as somebody who needs a haircut. Oh, no. What you represent to them is freedom. What the hell's wrong with freedom, man? That's what it's all about. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what it's all about. Just what is it that you want to do? We want to be free to ride. We want to be free to ride our machines without being hassled by the man. Yeah! All right, welcome to Chopper Profits, everyone. Uh, this week, I have the pleasure of talking to a Born Free 5 builder and someone who I've been following on Instagram for a while, and uh, I'm always impressed with his work, and also uh, the pictures that his lovely lady posts. Uh, welcome to the show, Larry Pierce. Oh, man. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm stoked to uh, have you on the show. I think a lot of people will be stoked to hear this interview, so... Um, yeah. So I saw a couple pictures uh, beforehand. We're, we're actually FaceTiming this interview. So Larry was showing me around the shop virtually, which was awesome. I got to see his uh, his build bike, and it's coming along uh, fantastically. Um, tell us tell us what you're building for for Born Free Five. Building a 47 knucklehead uh, FL knucklehead. Mm-hmm. Um, I found a but good friend of mine, Roadside Marty. Um, uh, ended up with the motor last year so i bought that thing and originally had bought it you know just to i bought it to sell hmm. just because and uh, i i've always wanted a knucklehead but really couldn't afford one so anyway tried to sell it didn't get rid of it and then when i got the invite to be a builder i was like oh, well there you go that's what i gotta build so <laughs> nice and is kind it, of a is all the um are you going with just like a stock uh fl or are you or is it a custom chopper? Yeah, yeah. I built the uh, I built the frame. Um, it's stock geometry, mm-hmm. um, based off of like so like a forty eight panhead frame. Uh, I use John from Hardtail Choppers. He mm-hmm. does the cast axle plates and a bunch of stock style frame parts, and he also does uh, single down tube necks. So I got one of his stainless single down tube necks and a set of his uh, axle plates. And actually, half the frame is going to be polished stainless and half of it's going to be painted. Nice. So, yeah. That'll be pretty. And, and then uh, as far as like the tank and your oil bag and stuff, are you did you fab all those? Uh, the tank I had, mm-hmm. I actually came off of a guy's CB750 chopper that we redid for him about five years ago. Awesome. Um, and I've had it forever. It was just, it's a cool little, it's like a cross between kind of a prism and a, and a coffin tank. Mm-hmm. Um, I took three inches out of it and Frisco mounted it. And then I made an oil tank, uh, that's, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, it's a twist on a horseshoe tank, except it's angled to kind of go with the, the gas tank a little bit. And then, uh, as far as the rear fender, it's just a like a iron head rear fender that I've narrowed and changed up a little bit. So, well, it looked good. I mean, I know the, the viewers can't see what I saw through FaceTime, but it looked good. I'm looking forward to, yeah, I to seeing that it, bike in person. It'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I just can't wait to get done with it. I've, <laughs> Tried to, I tried to start early this year, and you know, it's I'm a naturally a procrastinator. So if it wasn't for a deadline, I would never get anything finished. So <laughs> it sounds like, like me. Yeah, it's not like I ever finish anything early. Ever. Uh, 
So that's like, I, you know, it's, it's always like me and Ashley were talking last week and trying to get a game plan of what I needed to get finished by what date. Yeah. And, uh, to get, you know, like to Chicago to get it painted for Kendall to paint it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, yeah, I can finish this tomorrow. And then, you know, by the time that day's ended, I'm still not finished what I thought I was going to be finished with. And it's just, it just takes longer than, than you always think and never fails. So. Yeah. Well, let's, um, let's talk about how you got into all this. Um, so you can start as early as you like. Um, and they usually ask another question about, you know, what your childhood was like, uh, second, but how did you get turned on to working with bikes and, and wrenching on bikes? Um, the whole automotive or just the wrench thing started from when I was probably about 13 or 14. My cousins and my uncle were big into drag racing mm-hmm. and Mustangs, like Fox body Mustangs. Mm-hmm. And so from the jump, I was over there at their house helping them work on their cars and, you know, and what probably was messing up more stuff than I was helping at, at that age and with that, <laughs> that less experience, but uh started there get turned 16 got my first car as a little mustang and heavy into drag racing for i guess probably six years um in the meantime i got a sport bike mm-hmm. and that's that was the first street bike uh had road dirt bikes with my dad when i was real young um rode sport bikes for a while had a and within about a five-year time, I had about eight friends get killed on mm-hmm. sport bikes. So I was like, yeah, I think it's time to hang that up because I'm going to end up killing myself. So yeah. uh got uh first custom bike in 99, 98, 99. Uh, started working for a, a local custom shop in town. Um, then worked for a Harley dealer for several years. Mm-hmm. And then in 06... I actually quit the Harley dealer and opened my shop. That's that's fantastic. I mean, I except for the part about losing friends, I I think uh, I was just talking to somebody the other day about how being plugged in on Instagram and and having a lot of the community kind of either come to your doorstep or you being involved in their doorstep. It seems like I I hear about more people eating it or you know dying, and it's just uh, it blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a bummer for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I had like, it was just, just bam, 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 just all these people, and I was, they were all on sport bikes. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was riding a wheelie and uh, came down and lost it and hit a ditch, mm-hmm. a culvert. One guy ran a stop sign, t-boned a lady's car, killed him. Another guy I knew hit it. A 18 wheeler on oh. the interstate running about 130 at four o'clock in the morning dude that's no uh, good i mean just <clears throat> yeah and it's you know sport bikes aren't fun to ride slow yeah it sucks I'm, they're no fun to cruise at 65 or 70 with traffic on the interstate it's just they're right. no fun so you know you're gonna go too fast on them because that's that's the only thing they're good for and <laughs> you know true. One little mistake when you're running, you know, a hundred miles an hour, you know, there's no room for error. You crash going a hundred, ninety percent chance you're going to die. Yeah, you know, so it's true. Um, 
I have, I've had a few friends that have laid their sport bikes down. And I think that kind of went into my decision of not getting one uh, this time around. Yeah. I think that's why I went with the Harley. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. That and I love them. Oh, yeah. So, well, let's, I'm going to ask that second question then. You know, what, what was your childhood like growing up? I mean, what was a typical uh, day like in the Pierce household? Um, just my parents got divorced probably when I was three, three or four or something like that. Mm -hmm. So live with my mom. Uh, yeah, both of them got remarried a couple of years after they got divorced. Live with my mom, uh, would go over to my dad's every other weekend. And that's where I rode dirt bikes with him and mm -hmm. go hunting. And, you know, he lived at the lake some, so. Did a lot of, like, water skiing, and we had some jet skis and stuff like that. And, you know, just typical kid. Uh, you know, nothing really, anything extraordinary for sure. You talked about your, your dad and his influence kind of on you as far as riding and, and stuff like that. Did What kind of influence did your mom have on you? Um, Just, I guess, really just kind of made me the person that I am, hmm. really. Because, I mean, mom is... Uh, yeah, probably the nicest lady ever, <laughs> and it's just solid, super supportive. I mean, just yeah. I mean, she was she was great. My dad, not so much, mm -hmm. but you know, um, yeah. I mean, she and she's the the way that I am now is because of her. I think so. Not so much. I uh, tried to avoid being like my dad as much as I could. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, if if that's the case, uh, I you know obviously your mom left a legacy uh, with you, and and it seems like from what I know she she did a great job raising you. Oh, thank you, thank you. No, she's a uh, she's awesome. So real solid. My and my stepdad Bubba is <laughs> imagine that my, my step <laughs> name is Bubba and I'm from Alabama. Um, <laughs> and he, he you know he's. I, I consider him, yeah, he's, he was more of a dad to to me than my dad was. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's and they're still married, my mom and Bubba, so real solid, you know. Got a half-brother. Good people. Got a half-brother, yeah. Um, got a step-brother uh, on my dad's, his wife that he married. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've got a, a step-sister, too, that I've she doesn't ever come around so that was gonna be my that was gonna be one of my questions to you is like do you do you hang out with uh your step siblings at all and my my half brother i do mm -hmm. he comes around the shop yeah he's uh he lives at uh my mom and my stepdad's mm -hmm. so he's he's uh he's, he's had some drug problems in the past mm -hmm. like a lot of them bunch of rehab uh, he's 29 now um but he's good now you know Working full time, steady job, you know, Good. hadn't slipped up in a couple of years, really. So that's, he's doing good. That stuff's hard to kick, man. I mean, once it gets its claws into you, you know, whether it's alcohol oh, yeah. or drugs, it's uh, it's just easy to come back to it. I've had many friends, you know, get off the wagon and then, uh, well, I guess get on the wagon and then fall back off many, many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy to do. That's for sure. What um so. Let's kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about uh, Garage Co. Um, at what point, uh, kind of along the lines of, you know, wrenching and stuff, you had mentioned that you opened um, the shop, but what was that like leading up to that? And and what was, 
kind of what was the decision that went into finally saying, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to open it. Because a lot of people have the ideas and they never really execute on them. Uh, it just stays yeah. kind of a hobby. Right. Well, I tell you, the uh, the first shop that I worked at was a, a custom shop. And I started there in like 02, 01 or 02. Um, and the people that owned the shop were just horrible. Like customer service was terrible. The kid, it was a writ, some really, really rich parents mm-hmm. bought this building and opened this shop for their kid that was a, just a turd. Um <laughs> And so, and I just met him, so, you know, so I see this shop opening, so I automatically go by there and check it out. So mm-hmm. we got, me and him got to be friends and even his, his friends that he had grown up with was like, look, you know, this, this guy's name was Winston. And he was like, you know, don't believe everything this guy tells you. He's full mm-hmm. of crap. He's a real bad liar. I was like, okay, you know, we'll see. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, I mean, we're just doing, back. yeah, just the guy was doing all the customers wrong, lying to everybody. I mean, just all kind of stuff. And people kept coming back. Hmm. And I'm like, how, you know, if this guy can, do it, this guy can screw everybody <laughs> and people still keep coming back, I'm like, you know, I, I might could give it a shot. Well, then I started at the Harley store mm-hmm. and, uh, and same thing there. Yeah. You know, it's typical Harley dealer, you know, just people, uh, they, you know, fifteen hundred over MSRP on everything, oh, and man. you know, just hagging people. And people would complain constantly, yeah. but they were back the next weekend buying stuff, bringing their bike in to get service. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna if you know, I I think I'm pretty. I'm I'm not a liar. I don't I do what I say I'm gonna do. Right. Um, I'm honest to a fault. You know, and that's one thing that you know, if people call me or they come in and they're like, you know. And, and, and honestly, a question about, do you think I should do this with these handlebars, this, that, and the other? I'm like, man, really? And, you know, it's, and I could make some money off of them doing it, yeah. but I'm like, eh, not worth, you know. And and a lot of times that's been a, you know, an issue with me. But um, we just opened in June of 06. Uh, just kind of got a loan from a buddy of mine, um, leased a building. Uh, and. Bought some equipment and just opened up. When we opened the doors, I had about $1,500 in my checking account and zero customers. <laughs> <laughs> talk about a and leap of faith. About, oh, man, just talk about stressed out. Yeah. I mean, and then, yeah, me and Ashley met uh, in November of 07. November of 07. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. November of six. Uh, <laughs> I love the fact and, uh, that we might as well just squeeze her in the the picture with you, so she could help do the yeah, interview. Yeah, <laughs> on my shoulder. Yeah. Um. But yeah, met her, uh, and she just kind of been my right hand man ever since. Um, you know, I had a a kid that worked for me from '07 till last year, uh, named Spencer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was. He was probably 19 when he started, or 20 when he started working for me, and he's just, uh, he's been going to school for engineering, so he's gotten an internship at an engineering firm, and he's going to school full-time, too, so. Nice. Yeah, so then we, uh, last year, I closed down my retail spot, because I used to have, like, a 5,000-square-foot building and Mm -hmm. high rent and all that stuff, and um, we bought a house on five acres, 
and had the opportunity to move out here and build the shop at the house. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's been it's been great because you know it doesn't take as much to keep me busy because I don't have any employees mm-hmm. and being out here and that was the thing at my retail spot. You know, every everybody and their brother stops by because they see a motorcycle shop and they want to talk about this and that or right. you know. And you can't get any work done because yeah. everybody wants to hang it and talk. Yeah. And, you know, I'm the same way I've done that at motorcycle shops, too. You just walk in. and uh, But being out here, I can I don't do as much service work as I did. It's 90% of it's fab stuff and building and and that kind of deal. So it's worked out real good. I, we love where we're at now, and this is – I wish I could have done it this way from the jump. I know a lot of people start off in their garage, and then they're, you know, the whole – I want to open a shop, like a big shop, and I kind of went the reverse direction. <laughs> we started with a big shop, and yeah. man, it's just it's a it, it, yeah, yeah. I had to do a bunch of service work to pay. You know, my rent was seventeen hundred bucks a month. My power bill's five hundred a month. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it was you know. So now I can actually like that that iron horse down there. I'll do a service on it and i'll make all the money and it goes in my pocket it's yeah. like i don't know how to act that's that's <laughs> never happened never happened before i you know it was just it would go in my checking account before and i just write a check to pay bills or pay spencer yeah and and now you know we can actually go out to eat <laughs> so, isn't that an awesome thing <laughs> and it's nuts <laughs> i am um, i totally understand where you're coming from i've i've been an entrepreneur i think since my young years and um yeah I know, I know that struggle you know everything just goes into whatever it is that you're whatever the business is so i totally understand now yeah. now yeah. i don't have the luxury of having uh you know my own business but at least i can take my family out to eat once in a while <laughs> there you go hey there's some there's something to be said for a constant in a a, a steady paycheck that's yeah. for sure but you know there's also so something to be said for having a job that's not really like a job yeah doing, you know, doing like what you I, love yeah play all day essentially so that's awesome and so i just gotta ask this because i remember when the pictures went up on instagram did ashley actually frame up and build that bathroom yes <laughs> she built the whole thing by herself we because when we built the when we built the shop you know she I could just go outside and pee. She's having to run up to the house and go to the bathroom and this, that, and the other. So she's like, I'm going to build a bathroom. I was like, okay. She's like, no, seriously, build a bathroom. I was like, well, don't don't build a janky bathroom. Cause I, you know, and she, she's super handy anyway. Yeah. But so she, she made a, a list up of all the stuff she needed. We went to Lowe's, bought it. She framed up all the walls anchored all the walls to the concrete by, by herself <laughs> uh ins- insulation um put uh paneling up i mean she made a door I- i'll yeah i can show you a picture. The door will go downstairs i mean she's she did the whole deal her dad's a plumber so he came over and and put the commode in and you know mm-hmm. all that stuff but she she for real she i know that I was thinking like people on Instagram are thinking, oh, this this dude's building a bathroom yeah. and is just giving tools to his girlfriend to try to make her look like she can do something. No, and, uh, I believed yeah, it. She, I believe that she did it. I mean, you know, just 
it was nothing from the craftsmanship standpoint, but she just, you know, you look at other pictures of her doing stuff and you're right. Oh I mean, yeah. She's, she's got that ability to do it. Oh yeah. Yeah. She definitely does. She's a, she's crafty. <laughs> she, uh, I, one thing I did have to kind of coach her on is she would be like, okay, I want to build a bathroom. Let's go buy stuff <laughs> at Lowe's. Like, well, what do you need? She's like, well, I don't, we'll just buy stuff. We'll figure it out. I'm like, no, you don't just say, <laughs> we'll just go buy stuff. And now she's finally learned. Now she, she, she yeah, enough trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's got it out now. So she'll, she knows what she needs before she just goes and buys stuff. <laughs> so is it. It seems like you guys are a really awesome team. And that's, it's really refreshing to see. Thanks, man. Yeah. That's, we, in, we enjoy it. It's, uh, she's, way more focused than i am and that's like what she's been doing today trying to figure out our our display setup for born free Mm -hmm. and so she's got all these drawings that she's done with how she wants to let you know lay it out and just all this stuff so man it's a good thing she does that stuff because i would i would never do it (laughs) you're like the bike made it to born free completed why do i need to put anything around it yeah i got my part done (laughs) I I am very much looking forward to seeing that bike in person. Uh, last year was my first born free, and um, now that I've, it was really kind of me getting into, um, you know, learning more about the the culture and and you know specifically chopper culture, and meeting all you guys on Instagram and stuff. And you know, I think it's the same way for both coasts. I think the East Coast and Midwest all, um, you know, kind of have this desire to want to be out here and you know, look at and our stuff and do our rides and whatever. And then the West coast, you know, there's rides that are going on the East coast, like the, the revenge run and, um, right. And all this stuff. And we're like, God, I wish I lived in North Carolina. I want to do that run. And oh, look at yeah. all these people that yeah. live back there and the coolest people. So it's kind of cool that born free brings everybody together, uh, for that purpose. Yeah. This, uh, last year was our first one too. That's the first cool. time we had been. And so, uh, I was, it was, it's some serious overload. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it was like, I looked at things, but there was so much stuff to look at. I never really looked at anything long and hard because, you know, as soon as I would see something, I'm like, Oh God, look at that. And look at that. You know, it's just, yeah, we didn't take any pictures. Like, <laughs> and I was like, how did I not take any pictures? All that stuff out there. And, yeah, so this year I, I want to actually kind of try to focus and actually take in a bunch of the stuff and look around. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna try and do that too. I mean, my I just went with my wife last year and it was the same. I heard, I've heard the story from so many different people. It was like it was so much fun. I didn't really get to see yeah. anything. <laughs> I know it. Like you walk into a store and everything in there is great, and you don't buy anything because yeah. you're like, ah! so. <laughs> And, and it's, uh, even though I'm an extroverted person, there's only so much I can take. I mean, I really, by about probably two hours into it, I was ready to go. But my my feeling was, you know, I'm sticking it out because this is a once a year thing. I'm going to stay until the sun goes down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was the, like for that to be a, from what well, the gates open at nine or 10 and they, you know, shut it down at five to have that. I mean, it's just. It's nuts, yeah. and it just it blew me away. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, people drive 
from Alabama yeah. to California for a show that lasts 10 hours. Right. Like, it's not even like a weekend deal. It's a just a one-day deal. And, you know, that's how badass it is. They're so, yeah. you know, it's... <laughs> worth the it's worth the trip out there for sure that's awesome <clears throat> again you know we're we're talking to larry pierce here from uh garage garage company customs correct yeah yeah that's it <laughs> i always want to say garage co but there's garage co in la oh yeah yeah that place is awesome that is God, you want to about a collection of stuff when i was trying to come up with a name for the shop mm-hmm. i had been thinking of a name for a while and I ended up getting it. I got it incorporated, this, that, and the other before I even opened the shop. And then I I Googled it at some point or something, and that garage company came up. I'm like, oh, awesome. I've <laughs> named my shop. And I think at that point, I think they had just opened. They hadn't been open long. That, or they hadn't been open long or something. And I was like, you know. And they blew up, and you're like, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's one thing. And we got confused a bunch. I've had customers call here. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Hey, I saw this, you know, this bike in a magazine, like on the cover of whatever, and it's something I wasn't even on." I'm like, "Eh, are you are you trying to get, you know, the garage company, or are you wanting garage company customs?" He's like, "Uh," and you know, but people don't know the difference, right? So I, I've had to I've give them the phone number, give people <laughs> the phone number. And I'm like, "Yeah, we're in Alabama. I don't. We're we're not." We're not the guys that are building David Beckham a motorcycle. We, you know, I'm building Billy Bob a, a pinhead over here. And True. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I did get confused the first time. In fact, I think when I was going on uh, looking for your website and stuff, uh, the first thing that came up was Garage Co. in L.A. and then and then you guys. And you know what? I think that happens all the time. I, I talked to um, – in fact, we interviewed uh, Josh Stroder from Scoundrel Clothing and um, – and, you know, I was talking to him about that, and the same thing kind of happened to him. He named it and started putting out uh, apparel, and then he went online and searched, and there is, there's scoundrel.com and, you know, all these different other websites that are out there and people doing oh, yeah. apparel. And, you know, it is it is what it is. Unless somebody unless somebody comes at you, you know, and, and wants to file a lawsuit, it's probably all good. So. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> definitely. And that's, that's what we kind of – gone away like garage co customs is kind of how i refer to us and it's it's amazing how many people just totally don't see the middle like garage company customs they garage customs yes i don't i mean they can be looking at the sign and it obviously says garage company customs and they're still (laughs) garage customs i'm like do you just leave the center word out of every phrase that i mean (laughs) yeah we kind of Jordan did uh, Garco is one thing that we kind of go by too, like for our hats and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, just to kind of distinct distinguish us from you know Yoshi out there because you know we're nowhere near what they are. That that place <laughs> is unreal. So they're definitely. I heard him. I think I may have already said this, but uh, they're definitely, from what I understand, the Walmart of you know motorcycle shops. It's like you can find anything you need in there. Oh, and he's got. Have you ever? You've never been in there. Or? I've been in there one time. I went up there for the lowbrow, uh, or I'm sorry, for the um, lowbrow, for the uh, loser machine born free party. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. And it was cool. I actually, it was kind of after the party, and I walked up to him. I saw him standing there, and uh, him and his wife. And I walked up and I said, "Are you Yoshi?" 
And he says, oh, yeah, yeah, I am. He's like, you like my shop? And I was like, dude, your shop's amazing. You know, and he's, he's a pretty humble guy. Um, yeah. Just, you know, really down to earth. But, yeah, everything that you could possibly need and probably a ton of stuff that you don't is in that yeah. shop. <laughs> telling you, it's a serious, serious collection of cool stuff. Yep. Really well, cool stuff. Let's talk a little bit more about your shop. So your your main work is custom builds. Uh, yeah, custom built stuff. Um, I have several sets of handlebars that we sell, make and sell. Um, um, to fabrication for people. Yeah, and you know, with with this, the chopper scene as it is now, everybody wants to build their own bike. Yeah, and that's you know, and that's cool because a lot of people. You know, not everybody's got a TIG welder or can TIG welder. has got a, a bender or a frame jig or, you know, so a lot of the people around here, I'll do the stuff that they can't do. Um, you know, I'll do their fabrication, a lot of the stuff for them. Um, and then, you know, they'll take them home and get it as far as they can and bring it to me and I'll finish up things or wire, you know, wiring jobs for people and, mm-hmm. and build a lot of custom exhaust for people and handlebars and just, set up a bunch of rollers um so you know it's it's mainly fabrication stuff that's awesome and you bring up a good point that uh i've always or i've thought about for the last couple months as i've as i've been diving into um the culture and and, you know mostly uh motorcycles obviously most most choppers and home-built choppers and stuff I wonder what the backlash is going to be from people trying to build their own bikes at some point, you know, without the knowledge of having done it before from a phrase that I've heard is, you know, your first one is always going to break at some point, you know, frame might break or, you know, you're going to lose parts off of it. It's just the nature of Harleys. I mean, they dump stuff off of them. They, they buck off, you know, sissy bars and fenders and stuff like that. So I wonder what the backlash is going to be from that. And, um, and it, it does seem to be kind of just a, um, a place right now where we're at in the scene because it's it's still relatively new even though you may have been been doing this for a long time you know there's people coming into the scene and they get the the bug and they want to they grab an iron head or you know a sportster or something and they tear it apart um yeah i just i think about what that's going to be like in a couple of years if they're still even going to be into it if you'll see that bike back on craigslist or Oh yeah, it's a lot of it. You know, it's just like everybody goes through phases. I mm-hmm. think, um, you know, and it's, it sticks for a lot of people, and a lot of people it doesn't. A lot of people don't enjoy having to work on something all the right. time, and that's the thing with especially the older bikes. You know, the Evo Sportsters and stuff like that. You can put one of those things together, mm-hmm. and for the most part, it's going to be solid. You're not going to have to fool with it. But that's the beauty of the the vintage bikes. Is you know. Or the bad thing. Oh, or it can be the bad thing too. Is depending on you know what what category you're in. Yeah. You know, do you want to just ride it and not have to work on it, or do you enjoy the working on it as much as you enjoy the riding? Yeah. And that's and that's I think where a, a a bunch of people will kind of you know they'll get into it for a little while and they're like you know what eh, I I'd rather like I like riding more so than having to work on them and they'll you know. And they might be into motorcycles forever, but they won't be into the kind of stuff we're into yeah. forever. I I actually enjoy the wrenching part, you know, and the the for me it's been learning because I'm not a builder, but you know, learning to weld, uh, learning to 
you know, how to mount stuff and how to cut stuff. That's been the, one of the fun parts. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping someday here I'll, I'll be able to, to get a chopper and, and torque on it. Otherwise I may just chop mine all up. And <laughs> even though mine's a daily rider, uh, I got to keep it, you know, somewhat dependable. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's a, it's a dependable bike. You can go get on it, hit the button and you can ride to Alabama Yeah, and chances are that you're going to have zero issue with it. So, you know, it's, there's something, there's definitely something to be said for newer dependable motorcycles because they get you, they get you where you want to go. And, you know, it's just like when, when a crew of six or seven of us ride to, to wheels through time Mm -hmm. up in North Carolina, Mm -hmm. you know, we're all riding, you know, old stuff. It turns a, uh, you know, a 400 mile trip into a, an 18 hour ride. Because <laughs> yeah. it's when you got, you know, a bunch of old bikes, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you're going to have to stop some, somebody's braking. Yeah. And, and there's no way around it. So I think that's kind of the adventure yeah. of it. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, the, the people I talk to, uh, especially gentlemen who I'm going to have on the show soon. Um, you know, he's, he's older and he's been riding bikes and building bikes and racing bikes. And to hear his story of coming out from, uh, from back East on a, on a panhead, you know, he didn't do it in, you know, 36, 48 hours. I mean, or 72 hours. He did it over like months because he would stop and work. And so that's, uh, I want to have that experience at some point. I want to experience, you know, only being able to ride for a couple hours and having to stop because something fell off or something broke. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, um, uh, let me ask you a couple more questions here. Um, I I could sit here and talk anything motorcycles for probably the rest of the day. Um, (laughs) what's, uh, this is dealing with you more as a individual, but what's the worst thing that you've experienced to date in your life? What's the worst thing that you've had to experience? Uh, I had my probably my dad. My in 2010, he he killed my stepmom, my uncle, and then himself, mm. all in about a 10 minute period. Uh, wow! So that's the that's the and all the repercussions. Yeah, and just all the just, just the stuff that came after that, having to deal with, you know that whole half of my family is all of a sudden gone. Yeah. Like, and so, yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that was, that was tough. Uh, and we've just now, you know, getting all that stuff handled with selling his house and yeah, then it happened in the house. So, you know, then we have to sell the house, you know, you know, not a whole lot of people want to buy a house where it was a double murder suicide. Yeah. So, you know, we had, it took us two and a half years to sell the house. Um, but you know, just having to deal with that, it's just a, a out of the, yeah, it's just tough, you know, yeah. to all. Yeah. It's just, I can't even imagine so. the emotional uh, part of that. Do you know, um, did, do you know, or did they ever find out kind of what, um, motivated that? Uh, he was an alcoholic and has been forever. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, one one of the kind of guys that starts drinking beer at 
10 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. But he, and he's always worked, um, and he did well for himself. And, you know, luckily his job, he, the company that he owned, he was the entertainment side. He would take the customers out and play golf and mm-hmm. go hunting and take them deep sea fishing. So his side of the business was entertaining. So, you know, always hanging out, drinking, doing yeah. whatever. So, um, just him and my stepmom were, had been unhappy for 20 years. Wow. And, you know, she wouldn't leave because she was kind of hoping, hoping that he something was going to happen to him and she would get all his stuff. And mm-hmm. and he wouldn't leave her because he he didn't want her taking half of his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, the whole thing with my, my uncle is he was mentally retarded and he was four years older than my dad. So Uncle Billy was 65. Mm-hmm. And my dad had always taken care of Uncle Billy. Like he, yeah, he, he was about like mentality of about like an eight year old boy. Yeah, but just awesome, awesome. You know, just this this guy was the happiest guy ever. Always, yeah, just hilarious too. And uh, so it, the the whole reason the reason my dad killed him is just he wasn't going to leave him here. Yeah, without. He, he, you know, it was kind of one of those deals. He didn't want Uncle Bill to know what he had done because, you know, yeah. if he would have left him, then and his, and his quality of life wouldn't have been as good. My dad was able to take care of him really well, uh, you know. So that was, you know, I, yeah, and I can't imagine, like, how you know, I can't imagine what he would have felt like had knowing he had to go do that. Like, you know, because the whole thing with my stepmom was anger, you know, and just whatever caused him to snap. But then he's like, he's like, I, you know, I can't leave my brother here by himself. Yeah. So it was a, yeah, and he promised my grandmother that he would always take care of Uncle Billy and he would never leave him and never put him in a home or anything like that. So that was his, you know, he just, in a, in a, crazy way he was taking still taking care of his brother and i know that's a weird way to put it but i mean that's you know that's a heavy thing man i mean i've I've heard you know people uh tell me some of their experiences but that's i think it's definitely one of the heaviest and it's obviously not a contest you know to see who can tell the the heaviest story yeah Um, you know we're we're dealing with real people and real hurts and um that's that's usually what I like to, I don't like to present, but I, I definitely like it when people can, can be real. And I expected nothing, uh, nothing less, you know, from you, I, from what I gather, you're definitely a truthful individual. So, um, yeah, cause my feeling, be. And, uh, uh, well, I was just going to say that when that happened, we were building, uh, we had a, a black pan head that we built that's on the cover of American iron last June or July. Mm-hmm. Um, the black one's got a solid rear wheel, says Harley Davidson, the old AMF style backwards. Anyway, mm-hmm. we were building that bike for the Artistry and Iron Show. We had got an invite to the uh, for that deal in Vegas, mm-hmm. and it literally, literally we like we were leaving three day. We were leaving on Sunday, and it happened on Friday, and we still didn't have the bike done. Wow. And so all everybody kind of came together, chipped in because, you know, obviously I can't be there to help finish the bike because I'm having to deal with all that stuff. So, yeah. um, 
it was re- it was nice to see just everybody kind of back me up and you know yeah i have a 10 people wow. in the shop helping finish this bike you know so it was a uh, yeah yeah and so you know that's pretty awesome i mean i i don't know um you know who those individuals were but i definitely i definitely can attest to um folks in this community you know not completely there's some that are in it for themselves you know and and they're easy to spot but it's the people that show up not expecting anything you know that to help you out fix a tire you know weld something um even you know just take care of you if you need it financially or whatever uh, there's individuals in this community that that do that, and it's pretty amazing. I've seen it mostly in, uh, you know, with downed riders. Someone will post a picture on Instagram of you know their buddy that went down, and of course you know they show him in the hospital or whatever, and it's um, the next thing you see is you know a PayPal account, and people are starting to do fundraisers and. Oh yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and that's man, that's the great thing about instagram and facebook and like you know we we're talking about that just social media mm-hmm. you get to where you can reach so many people and so many people can help yeah uh, and it's easy to get the word out yeah it's like yeah like a big family i guess well let's um let me move on to the next question because this one is definitely more of a um i think probably a more positive way to, to end off the interview <laughs> um it's uh it's basically the same question, but but on on the the side of what's the best thing that you've had to experience to date? Hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, as far as in what we do with in in like in business or in it, this thing or in just your, in life period in your life your your personal life. Yeah, my girlfriend's pretty solid. <laughs> I was going to um, say she's right in front of you, so you, you kind of have yeah, to. Yeah, she's it. looking. <laughs> um, giving you the eye. <laughs> I mean, we've we've had we've met a we just man we've been lucky and have met a bunch of great people and yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we've got it made. Like yeah, I've I've able to build a shop at my house. I work, you know, I get up in the morning, fix coffee, walk, you know, fifty feet to work. Mm-hmm. and work on motorcycles all day uh get to travel i've met you know we got friends all over the place just because of this chopper thing yeah. um i had the opportunity to you know be at you know several covers of magazines and just i don't know it's just the whole i guess just this whole chopper thing has just been the the best part it's just made everything so much fun and got to meet a bunch of so- really solid people and it's people that you know i never would have known yeah if it weren't for this business so we've gotten to go you know yeah we got it made for sure being in this business i think that's a made great a bunch of good friends. that's a great perspective man because uh you know a lot of people think that life gets better with the more stuff that you have and the more money you have and um and they forget that it's the simple things in life that really make life worth living. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, and my dad was, you know, had 
everything but was miserable yeah you know and had been for 20 years and I, you know it's and that's one thing that i learned from that is if you're miserable and you're unhappy you gotta don't live with it you gotta make a change yeah um you know and that's the thing with the friends i've had that are in bad relationships or you know bad jobs or this that and the other like man don't just sit there and be miserable because before you know it you're 50 mm-hmm. and you've been miserable for 20 years and you're like looking back and you're like, golly, uh, you know, if I would have changed this 20 years ago, where would I be now? Yeah. But I can't, you, you can't because you, then you've wasted all that time. So, you know, life goes by fast. You got to, you got to make the best out of it. You can't, you can't settle. So. That's truth, man. It does go by fast. I'm looking at my kids today running around and I'm thinking, you know, it wasn't but like, eight years ago that they were these little tiny babies, you know, eight and nine years ago. And then yeah. uh, same thing with just, you know, being, if, if you're unhappy, people usually don't realize that, uh, that they affect other people around them, you know? Oh yeah. And I think that, um, you know, your story about the worst experience that you've, you've had is a testimony to that. It, um, yeah, everything we do affects people around us and we have, uh, you know, we have the responsibility, I guess, to, um, to kind of, now, I don't want to say that it's it's totally our responsibility to make sure other people are okay, but if we affect other people, you know, we should do an inventory every once in a while and say, you know, where am I at? Am I happy where I'm where I'm at, or am I not? Oh yeah, for sure. Let me. I'm going to ask you just a random question, and uh, this usually is funnier asked to uh, bachelors, but uh, this ought to be interesting. So, if I was to come over to your house and open up your fridge, what would I find in your fridge? A bunch of diet sun kissed. <laughs> uh, 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 let's see, milk. I crush milk, sweet tea, um, mm. lean cuisines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what else? Uh, waffles, ego waffles. Um, cheese, a bunch of cheese. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we've got a good selection of stuff. She's, she's a good cook. She, she, she makes a killer, like egg McMuffin sandwich uh-huh. for me for breakfast. I'm telling you, crushes it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I could, I could probably, I probably drank thousands of gallons of milk in my lifetime. Hmm. So that's love milk. <laughs> that's awesome. She's, uh. It's it's cool to, first of all, hear that uh, that you appreciate her cooking. Uh, there's some some of my friends. Uh, I I don't know how they really feel about the way their wives cook. They don't really give too much feedback. <laughs> I'm fortunate enough that my wife is an amazing cook. I mean, I've seen her pull grains out of the pantry, and the next thing I know, we're sitting down to a feast. Oh yeah. What uh, what's your favorite That's thing that Ashley? Uh, fixes other than the egg McMuffins. Mm. She'd kill her meatloaf. Meatloaf sometime. Mm. Um, I grew up eating meatloaf, and a lot of people with meatloaf gross. Just the name meatloaf <laughs> is kind of gross. Uh, yeah, she wouldn't even eat meatloaf. She she thought it was gross, but now <laughs> she pr- probably her meatloaf is on point. It's it's uh, it's solid. So. That's- that's awesome. Well, Larry, I I thoroughly enjoyed our interview, and, and I 
I definitely, I think I want to do a follow-up maybe after Born Free sometime just to, you know, see how your experience yeah, was man. there and see how things are going with yeah, you. Yeah, definitely. Love to, man. I've enjoyed it. Maybe we'll have to pull Ashley in because I think she's probably equally as uh, as popular as you are on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that's at Dixie Danger if anybody was wanting to uh, give her a follow. <laughs> and, and if you could, if you could real quick, give us your website and your Instagram. Uh, it's our website is garagecompanycustoms.com. Our blog is garagecocustoms.blogspot.com. And my Instagram is garagecocustoms. And you guys have uh, merchandise and stuff like apparel, shirts, hats? Yeah, yeah. We got shirts. Uh, we're in between hat people right now trying to find some guys to do us some new hats. Um, got a new shirt design we'll have out probably in two or three weeks. Uh, handlebars. Uh, that's about it really yeah. and obviously custom fab work if, if you need it if you're in the Alabama area or I would say probably anywhere on the east coast uh, you could definitely yeah yeah southeast you could definitely get uh, get to Larry's shop and or at least contact him for some custom work and if you're on the west coast that's a great reason to take a trip out to Alabama there you go that's it <laughs> well Larry thank you for being on the show thank you <laughs>